the country. I'm Justin Weller. Today is Wednesday, September 30th. God, it's going to be October. And you are listening to the first ever in the history of the world debate companion of the country podcast. That's right. We're going to go through the debate last night between the incumbent, President Donald Trump, and the challenger, former Vice President Joe Biden. Did you all watch this thing? I got to say, you know, most folks, <laughs> as it happened or right after it happened, the, the main thing uh, that I heard or read on Twitter and the pundits was that was a shit show. That was a clown show. Quite honestly, I would call it a disaster. And uh, it just was, was one of the worst things I've ever watched. Super disappointed. Was so looking forward to a real discussion of the issues. I don't know what I was thinking. What were we all thinking, to be honest with you? Right? I mean, we've got, on the one hand, President Trump, who uh, basically just did a Twitter troll out loud the entire time. And then we've got Joe Biden that I think did respect the process a bit more, but interrupted just as much, or uh, not just as much, but a lot, right? And, uh, you know, in many cases, to me, couldn't really put together uh, what he was trying to say. But we'll get into it as we listen. The other thing I was thinking about is, to me, it was like watching the last couple minutes of a basketball game when a team's down by 20 points. And, you know, they just start fouling. <laughs> That's the way it felt. Like, we couldn't, there was no basketball being played. It was just, you know, inbound pass, foul, inbound pass, foul. And so, like, that's a horrible game to watch. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to watch that debate. Um, and so, you know, it makes me think, really reconsider where we are and what's going on. Because, you know, if I'm honest, most of those fouls, the team that seemed to be down 20 points in that game uh, was Donald Trump. Right. I mean, he's the guy that started interrupting. I'm sure if somebody goes back and, and measures the time or number of instances where somebody gets interrupted, he's he's leading that that game. And it makes me wonder, you know, um, does he think he's down by 20 points in in my little uh, analogy? I think it might. I think that it might be. And certainly if you watch Joe Biden and what he did, he was running out the clock. Right. Like. There were hardly any answers to anything of meaning. He avoided answering questions about, uh, gosh, Antifa, you know, that doesn't exist. Uh, what do you think about packing the Supreme Court? Um, not going to answer because it might create news. What is that? Your answer in a debate question, we don't get to hear it because it might create news. And that just sails on by, you know, so he's running out the clock. He's just playing not to lose. And Trump's, Trump was playing like he's down by 20 points again. And he's trying to do anything he can to confuse Biden, to get him to say something stupid, I think was the plan. Anyway, enough preamble. Let's get started and start listening to the debate. Gentlemen, a lot of people have been waiting for this night, so let's get going. Our first subject is the Supreme Court. President Trump, you nominated Amy Coney Barrett over the weekend to succeed the late 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court. You say the Constitution is clear about your obligation and the Senate's to consider a nominee to the court. Vice President Biden, you say that this is an effort by the president and Republicans to jam through an appointment and what you call an abuse of power. My first question to both of you tonight, why are you right in the argument you make and your opponent wrong? And where do you think a Justice Barrett would take the court? President Trump, in this first segment, you go first, two minutes. Thank you very much, Chris. I will tell you very simply, we won the election. Elections have consequences. We have the Senate, we have the White House, and we have a phenomenal nominee, respected by all, top, top academic, uh, good in every way, good in every way. In fact, uh, some of her biggest endorsers are very liberal people from Notre Dame and other places. So I think she's gonna be fantastic. We have plenty of time. Uh, even if we did it after the election itself. I have a lot of time after the election, as you know. So I think that uh, she will be outstanding. She's going to be uh, as good as anybody that has served on that court. We really feel that. Uh, we have a professor at Notre Dame, highly respected by all, said she's the single greatest student he's ever had. He's been a professor for a long time at a great school. And uh, we just, uh, we won the election, and therefore we have the right to choose her, and very few people knowingly would say otherwise. And by the way, the Democrats, they wouldn't even think about not doing it. If they had, the only difference is to try and do it faster. There's no way they would give it up. They had Merritt Garland, but the problem is they didn't have the election, so they were stopped. And probably that would happen in reverse also. Definitely would happen in reverse. So we won the election, and we have the right to do it, Chris. President Trump, thank you. Um same question to you, Vice President Biden. You have two minutes. So that was a pretty good answer, uh, <laughs> at least as far as Trump goes. You know, like, I don't understand this whole thing where he won't prepare, it seems, and by reporting uh, for these debates. I mean, it seems like if he would just do the homework, he could have a really solid answer there. And the elements were in there. It's just the whole gobbledygook with the way that he speaks. You know, why didn't he just say... Hey, listen, I was elected in 2016. My term is four years. There's nothing in the Constitution or elsewhere that says, oh, you can't nominate a Supreme Court justice uh, after three years and so many days. That's ludicrous. In fact, Jimmy Carter nominated a judge for the Circuit Court of Appeals after he lost the 1980 election. And that justice or that judge was Stephen Breyer who, as you know, his next seat was on the Supreme Court. So, like, there's a cogent answer to be said there. And then go into her qualifications and how she's well-respected across uh, the political spectrum. And, uh, again, you know, it's my job to put her up as a nominee. And then it's up to the Senate to decide to advise and consent. You know, if you don't like that they are going to advise and consent, talk to Mitch McConnell. Talk to your senators. That has nothing to do with me. I'm fulfilling my constitutional obligation to present a nominee for the Supreme Court to fill a vacancy. Done. Thank you. Um, same question to you, Vice President Biden. You have two minutes. Well, first of all, um, thank you for doing this and looking thank forward you. to this, Mr. President. Thank you, Joe. Uh, the American people have a right have a say in who the Supreme Court nominee is. And that say occurs when they vote for a United States senators and when they vote for the President of the United States. 
They're not going to get that chance now because we're in the middle of an election already. Election has already started. Tens of thousands of people have already voted. And so the thing that should happen is we should wait. We should wait and see what the outcome of this election is. Because that's the only way the American people get to express their view is by who they elect as president and who they elect as vice president. Now, what's at stake here is the president's made it clear he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's been running on that, he ran on that, and he's been governing on that. He's in the Supreme Court right now trying to get rid of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if it, if they, if it goes into court. And, and uh, the justice, and I have nothing, I'm not opposed to the justice, she seems like a very fine person. But she's written before she went on the bench, which is her right, that she thinks that the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. The other thing is on the court, and if, and if it's struck down, what happens? Women's rights are fundamentally changed. Once again, a woman could be held, pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We we're able to, they were able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. And so it's just not appropriate to do this before this election. If he wins the election and the Senate is Democrat or Republican, then he goes forward. If not, we should wait until February. Okay, I got to say that was a really good answer. Um, it's really smart of Vice President Biden to flip the question to health care and the Affordable Care Act. That's certainly an aspect of his campaign is to, you know, um, help people to understand or maybe even scare them into thinking that uh, Trump's uh, plan is to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Maybe it is, right? Um, I got to say that uh, the beginning of his answer was misleading, right? He's like, well, we have elections to decide um, who should nominate. Well, we had that election, right? This is still President Trump's term, as I said. And uh, the senators that were elected in whichever cycle they're in, but 2018, 16, 14, they were elected by their folks to advise and consent. It's up to them to decide whether or not they'll do that. And, um, you know, certainly has the constitutional obligation to do so. Um, so the Affordable Care Act is a great pivot, I think, for Joe, although it's unfair to the nominee, um, you know, but uh, this is politics, so that happens. So all in all, I think that was a really good answer. Um, I don't know much about the specifics, about the numbers he's quoting. I think Trump here is going to question some of that. And let's see. With pre-existing conditions, as far as the say is concerned, the people already had their say. They, okay, Justice Ginsburg said very powerfully, very strongly, at some point, 10 years ago or so, she said a president and the Senate is elected for a period of time, but a president's elected for four years. We're not elected for three years. I'm not elected for three years. So we have the Senate, we have a president. He's elected to the next During election. that period of time, during that period of time, we have... I gotta stop that real quick. If you notice, there are two things. First, uh, yeah, I did pre preface. I must have remembered uh, Trump's uh, argument last last night and, and repeated it to you, so I apologize for that. But uh, did you hear that? That was the first interruption, and it was from Vice President Biden. Just want to make sure we're clear. An opening. 
I'm not elected for three years. I'm elected for four years. The and the hundred million started. people, Joe, the hundred million people is totally wrong. I don't know where you got that number. The bigger problem that you have is that you're going to extinguish 180 million people with their private health care, that they're very That's happy That's simply with. not true. Well, you're certainly going that. to but socialist. You're ahead. going to this, socialist. This is, we're, we're now into, gentlemen, we're now into open discussion. Open discussion. Open discussion. Yes, I agree. Go ahead, Vice President. Number one, uh, he, he knows that uh, what I proposed. What I proposed is that uh, we expand Obamacare. And we increase it. We do not wipe any. And one of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won were saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can. They do. They will under my proposal. It's not what you said. But and it's not what your is, party has said. That is simply Your party doesn't say it. Your party that wants to go socialist medicine. My party is and me. socialist Right healthcare. now, I am and the Democratic And they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of. What I approved of. Now, here's the deal. The deal is that it's going to wipe out pre-existing conditions. And by the way, the 20, the 200 million, the 200,000 people that have died on his watch, how many of those have survived? Well, there's 7 million people that contracted COVID. What does it mean for them going forward if you strike down the Affordable Care Act? And Joe, you've had 308,000 military people dying because you couldn't provide them proper health care in the military. So don't tell me I'm about this. I'm happy to talk about this. And if you were here, you, well, it wouldn't be deal. 200. It would be 2 million people because <laughs> you were very late on the draw. So one of the things I've been thinking about and meaning to tell you is that um, – a lot of the rest of this debate turns into a food fight. And I'm probably not going to spend much time on it because it's just, it's horrible. It's distracting. It doesn't help anything. And folks trying to decide who uh, they're going to vote for for president. It doesn't inform much about uh, the race itself, which I'm also obviously very interested in. So I'm going to start talking about these things in the context of not the now, which, of course, you know, it was a chaotic food fight shit show disaster. And, uh, you know, the media and, and most pundits will blame Trump and probably rightfully so. But um, again, I wonder if he's not perceived in his own mind to be down by 20 points and running a strategy. My hope is he is, right? Because otherwise, that was just a disaster. Plain and simple, let's vote, we're done. But uh, what I want to start to think about is the context of this debate and how it will reflect come November 3rd, come Election Day. Because uh, unlike some people, I'm going to wait till November 3rd to vote because I want to get all the information. I want to know exactly what's happened all the way up until the last possible moment. There are many surprises that can happen. Gosh, what if one of them has a heart attack, <laughs> which they're both uh, pretty old. So that's not out of the realm of possibility. Who am I voting for? So I'm going to wait till the last possible minute. But I want to start to talk about this in the context of the race as it ends in November 3rd, not, uh, you know, the immediate reaction now. And, um, you know, I I really don't like this concept of uh playing the Monday morning quarterback on COVID-19. Did Trump make mistakes on COVID-19? Of course he did. Uh, did governors make mistakes on COVID-19? Of course they did. Is Trump ever going to admit to his mistakes? Of course he's not. Don't you know who he is? That adult child will never admit that. Come on. 
Um, but it's just as pandering to me to hear Biden blame 200,000 deaths on, on President Trump. I mean, you can take a big chunk of those and just blame them on the couple of governors who, who sent people back into nursing homes that were testing positive. I mean, that's tens of thousands of deaths right there. So you can play that game all day and it's not helpful. You know, it should be about what do we do now? Um, so that's where we are. So anyway, in the context of the future, right, uh, this race, uh, November 3rd, I think both of them are testing concepts that they want to see how voters react. Uh, Biden's is there's 200,000 deaths and they're Trump's fault. Trump's is Biden was late to the party in terms of at least uh, recognizing the threat and the closure of, uh, of uh, Chinese and European travel. And, uh, you know, that would have caused a lot more deaths if I hadn't have done that. So those are the two opposing views. I don't think either one of them really gets us very far. I think if this election is about COVID-19, the incumbent loses um, and it's over. So Trump has to find a way to change the subject. And uh, Biden has to stay on that message through November 3rd. And we'll see what happens. Was heavily infected. You didn't want me to ban. All right, we're, uh, gentlemen. Your, uh, we're, which no, was heavily infected. You would have been much later, Joe. Mr. President. Much later. Mr. President. You're talking about two million people. You're Mr. Not President, as a moderator, <laughs> we are going to. Okay, now it's getting a little chippy. And uh, <laughs> did you notice that Biden said you won't get him to shut up? I just want to make sure everybody's clear, right? Like, I think some of this is missed as we remember this thing. And. Um, Man, I hate to be carrying water for Trump on this thing, but I would like to balance out the coverage, and that's really where I'm coming from. Uh, you know, I think uh, they were both out of line. Trump probably 60-40 over Biden, but Biden was just as bad in some ways. So I just want to make sure that we uh, we talk about that, and it's not lost. The president also is opposed to Roe v. Wade. That's on the ballot as well in the court, in the court. And so that's also at stake right now. And so the election is all. You don't know it's begun. on the ballot. I, Why is it on the ballot? Because, because Why is you it on the ballot? It's not on the ballot. It's on the ballot in the I court. I don't think so. In the court. Well, There's nothing happening there. Donald, would you, you just don't know her me? view on Roe v. Wade. You I don't, don't know her own. view. Well, all right. Let's, all right. Let's talk. I would. We got a lot to unpack here, gentlemen. We got a lot of time, so <laughs> uh, on health care, and then we'll come back to Roe v. Wade. All right, Mr. President, the Supreme Court will hear. Is it just me, or was Chris Wallace lost there? Right, and I think it's it's partly <laughs> uh, Trump and Biden's fault, but maybe this is just because we got three septuagenarians uh, on the stage. But it seemed like Wallace didn't know what to say there. And, um, you know, they're jumping around to different topics. And I think that's what it is. He's trying to keep them on topic because he's got plans for other topics later. But that was just odd. Like, he didn't seem to know what to do next. So, uh, yeah. A case a week after the election in which the Trump administration, along with 18 state attorneys general, are seeking to overturn that's right. Obamacare, to end Obamacare. You have spent the last... Because they want to give good health care. If I may ask my question, sir. Good health care. Over uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan, yes, to I replace have. Obamacare. Of course I have. 
Well, I'll I got rid of the individual mandate. Excuse me. I got rid of the individual mandate, which was a big chunk a of Obama. That is absolutely a big thing. That was the worst I, I part of Obamacare. Chris, You're that was the worst part me. of Obamacare. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual I, mandate was the most unpopular Vice, aspect of Obamacare. I got rid of it. I'd like and to, we will protect Mr. people. President, I'm the moderator of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer your question. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. Let me just... I, I hate to keep going back to this, but like Wallace was chippy there. I mean, I get he didn't get his question out, but he just after he made such a big deal about that, he just asked the same question that he'd already said. What's your health care plan? And Trump understood the question and started to answer it. And Wallace bickered back and forth about him, like getting out the question. Like, I don't care what Chris Wallace has to say or that his perfect question is asked. Everybody knew what he was asking. You don't have a health care plan. When are you going to have one? That was the question, and everybody understood it within the first 10 seconds, and he's asking a two-minute question, and Trump's like, I'm going to answer it, you know, and actually argue the premise, saying he does. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, Trump was right there to say, hey, am I debating you or Biden? Just let me answer. We're not here to see you, buddy. So... I kind of understand that. Now, to get to the meat of it, yeah, he doesn't have a health care plan. He never has. That's a huge mistake. I mean, I think part of the problem is you can't win with a health care plan. And <laughs> certainly Obama didn't, right? Like, if you remember the way that Obamacare was pulled in, they did a bunch of special deals with Arlen Specter in Pennsylvania, and I forget his name, in Oklahoma. And, uh, the, and those were Democrats and independents that they had to buy off with special favors for their states in order to get it passed just with Democratic votes. Not one Republican voted for it. So it was a huge mess. You probably remember. Hopefully you remember. And then after that, the Tea Party started. That's when the 2010 election came and, the, and Speaker um, Boehner took over and, uh, you know, the whole Tea Party revolution started because of that. It is people say Social Security is the third rail of politics. Well, all health care, health insurance is now. And so, you know, it's very difficult for folks, especially that are reasonable about the discussion, to come up with a plan that isn't just pilloried by everyone, including the national, you know, a national health care plan, a, a single payer option. You get killed for that. Now, you can win Democratic districts with that, obviously. But when you're running for president, as we have seen and will see, Joe Biden runs away from that. Right. What is his health care plan? I mean, there really isn't one. It's like continue Obamacare. That's not a plan. And there's certainly big problems with that as well. Cutting drug prices, I'm going with favored nations, which no president has the courage to do because you're going against big pharma. Drug prices will be coming down 80 or 90 percent. You could have done it during your 47-year period in government, but you didn't do it. <laughs> Nobody's done it. So we're cutting health care. All of the things that we've done, insulin. I give you an example. Insulin. It's going to. It was destroying families, destroying people. The cause. I'm getting it for so cheap. 
It's like water, you want to know the truth. So cheap. Take a look at all of the drugs that what we're doing, prescription drug prices. We're going to allow our governors now to go to other countries to buy drugs okay. because when they fact, pay just a I, tiny fraction. As I say, this is open discussion. No, let me ask you about, big, let me, this you'll is be happy, stuff. Sir, you'll be happy. I'm about to pick up on one of your points to ask the vice president, which is he points out that you would like to add a public option to Obamacare, and yes. the argument that he makes, and other Republicans make, is that that is going to end private insurance. It is and not. Will, if I'm I sorry. ask you the question, it will not end. What party says, by the way. It will end private insurance and create a government takeover of health care. It does it not. It's only for those people who are so poor they qualify for Medicaid. They can get that free in most states, except governors who want to deny people who are poor Medicaid. Anyone who qualifies for Medicare would, excuse me, Medicaid would automatically be enrolled in the public option. The vast majority of the American people would still not be in that option. Number one. So you agree with Bernie number, Sanders, I, I far did. left, on the manifesto, when we you, call it. Well, manifest that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, are I'm, you I'm saying not going to listen to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm not here, I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you. If would have left well, two days early, you, you would have lost every primary. All he knows how to do is hurt. Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. here's the deal. I got very lucky. I'm going to get very lucky tonight as well. And tonight I'm going With to make what? sure because here's the deal. Here's the deal. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. But you I just agree. want to make sure. Just, you're the liar. I, 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 I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, not first in your I, class. <laughs> I want to make Mr. sure. Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? He doesn't know how to do that. He has, You'd be you know, surprised. He, you pick You'd be surprised. the Go wrong ahead, guy, the wrong night at the wrong time. Listen, you agreed with Here's Bernie the Sanders to the manifesto. The whole idea, let, let him there is no manifesto, number Please one. Please let him speak, Mr. Number two. You just lost the left. Number two. I, I, you just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan. How, folks, absolutely folks do you have any idea what this bomb's doing? Call it Mr. Medic, you Mr. have President. any do? Socialized medicine. Mr. President. Well, i tell you what. He is not for any help for people needing health care. Because, because he, in fact, already has cost 10 million people their health care that they had from their employers because of his recession. Number one. Number oh, two, oh, yeah, yeah. there are 20 million people getting health care through Obamacare now that he wants to take it away. He won't ever look you in the eye and say that's what he wants to do. Take it away. No, I want to give Number better health care at a much lower price but, because by the way, he doesn't know no how. He doesn't know how I've to do that. I've already fixed it. He has never I've offered already a fixed plan. it to an extent. He has Obamacare, never done a single thing. As you might thing. know, but probably don't. Gentlemen, you realize no if you're both Joe, speaking at the same no time, and it's too expensive. So, yeah, this is where it really starts to get off the rails. I'm not sure how much more we're going to listen to. I'm going to um, try and skip through uh, the bickering uh, for you all, dear listeners, and get to any me other meaty parts that happen in the debate. But um, just to recap that, yeah, this is where uh, it, it everybody starts talking over each other. Certainly Trump is interrupting. Biden was doing that, too. In fact, he in interrupted uh, Chris Wallace in, in that question. But, um, you know, I, I, I am sick of pointing out who interrupted who. It was a disaster, right? But, um, you know, Biden's got a winning message on health care. Again, he doesn't really have a plan either, but uh, he is getting Trump on this thing. And Trump promised a comprehensive plan. Well, first he promised to replace 
uh, uh, Obamacare, get rid of it and replace it. And that never happened. If you remember, McCain was the final straw and said no. And that killed it. And then, um, you know, he promised a health care plan. He's done a couple executive orders. It's really not very convincing. It's not much. It can be changed at any time. But he did, you know, those executive orders say, pre, you know, we'll protect pre-existing conditions. They attempted to get to the drug prices. Um, I, there was another one, and I can't remember it. But, um, but yeah, this is a great issue for Biden. I think he's really smart to stay on that message. And, um, yeah, so we're going to skip ahead here, I think, uh, to any other important parts. Actually, here's some good stuff from uh, Biden on health care plans. But I have to, I have to give you roughly equal time. Good. Please let the vice president talk. Good. He has no plan for health care. Please. He sends out wishful thinking. He has executive orders that have no power. He hasn't lowered drug costs for anybody. He's been promising a health care plan since he got elected. He has none, like almost everything else he talks about. He does not have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. And the fact is, this man doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. he's I, have one, I have one final question for you, sure. uh, Mr. Vice President. If Senate Republicans, <laughs> we were talking originally about the Supreme Court here, if Senate Republicans go ahead and confirm Justice Barrett, uh, there has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in, well, the, saying, in the Congress. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take in that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let vote now. Are you gonna pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know. He doesn't want your to senator. I'm not going to now. Are you gonna pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know. He doesn't want your to senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question is, the radical left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so right. Gentlemen, is, I think this we've is ended so this. Unprecedented. We have ended this segment. We're going to move. So I started to stop that. I apologize. And then there was some good stuff in there. Um, yeah, again, I already mentioned this, but I think it's utterly ludicrous that Chris Wallace lets Joe Biden get away with. I'm not going to answer that question because it'll be news. Are you going to pack the court? Are you going to support expanding the number of justices from nine? We deserve to know. And then you go off on a diatribe about people are voting. Well, yeah, they want to know what you're going to do before they vote. It's pretty frustrating. Um, I don't like how Trump obviously is interrupting him, but I do like how he's asking him some pointed questions. Are you going to pack the court? Are you going to pack the court? Because nobody else will ask ask him that. No, I shouldn't say that. They won't force him to answer. They accept this BS bullshit answer of, oh, I'm not going to answer because that'll be a news story. It really gets my craw. So um, that was also the segment where Biden says, shut up, man. And uh, just after that says he's not presidential, <laughs> which is true. Like, he's not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like that was out of line as well.
move on to the second segment. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. <laughs> they sure 47 do. years, you've done nothing. They understand. Oh. All right. The second subject <laughs> is COVID-19, which is an awfully serious subject, so... Let's try to be serious about it. We have had more than 7 million cases of coronavirus in the United States, and more than 200,000 people have died. Even after we produce a vaccine, experts say that it could be months or even years before we come back to anything approaching normal. My question for both of you is, based on what you have said and done so far and what you have said you would do starting in 2021 why should the american people trust you more than your opponent to deal with this public health crisis going forward in this case the question goes to you first sir two minutes uninterrupted good luck Two hundred thousand dead as you said over seven million infected in the united states we in fact have 5%, 4% of the world's population, 20% of the deaths. 40,000 people a day are contracting COVID. In addition to that, about between 750 and 1,000 people a day are dying. When he was presented with that number, he said, it is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. That's why it is. The president has no plan. He hasn't laid out anything. He knew all the way back in February how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape as acknowledging he knew it. He said he didn't tell us or give people a warning of it because he didn't want to panic the American people. You don't panic. He panicked. In addition to that, what did he do? He went in and he... We were insisting that the Chinese, the the people we had on the ground in China should be able to go to Wuhan and determine for themselves how dangerous this was. He did not even ask Xi to do that. He told us what a great job Xi was doing. He said we owe him a debt of gratitude for being so transparent with us. And what did he do then? He then did nothing. He he waited and waited and waited. He still doesn't have a plan. I laid out back in March exactly what we should be doing. And I laid out again in July what we should be doing. We should be providing all the protective gear possible. We should be providing the money the House has passed in order to be able to go out and get people the help they need to keep their businesses open. Open schools that cost a lot of money. You should get out of your bunker and get out of the sand trap and get in in your golf course and go in the Oval Office and bring together the Democrats and Republicans and fund what needs to be done now to save lives. So if we would have lived... I have to say that was a great answer, and uh, it shows that the Biden camp did a lot more prep. Um, you know, and I could argue some of the some of the points, right? But um, for instance, uh, the four percent, twenty percent number, right? Like the U.S. has four percent of the population, but twenty percent of the cases or deaths. I don't remember. That's just misleading because uh, China hasn't reported any deaths or cases. Um, it is two out of seven. So what's that? Like 30% of the world's population. And they just don't supply the numbers. I don't think Russia's accurate either. I think Trump mentions that later. I'm not sure. He mentions India too. And I don't know about India. But it's just a misleading stat. I mean, there are countries uh, off the... Uh, not off the top of my head like I remember them all, but I saw someone speaking last night that I believe Alex Berenson, who's done some great work on... Uh, 
deflating COVID myths, uh, Spain and uh, there's another country and I can't remember, but for sure Spain has a higher per capita death rate than we do. And they locked down 100%. They've been locked down forever. In fact, they're having riots now because of the talk of another lockdown because they're on their second wave now. So, you know, there's a lot of misleading information out there. Nobody actually knows what uh, needs to be done except for one thing that seemed to work with Sweden's, uh, you know, herd immunity strategy. Um, But uh, nobody really knows. And so that was a great answer. It's the perfect answer. It's what he should say if he wants to win. He probably will win again because of COVID mostly. Um, But uh, yeah, there it is. So let's see what Trump has to say. Wait, wait, you. you have two minutes, sir. If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died, not 200,000, and one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. They stopped it from going in, but it was China's fault. And by the way, when you talk about numbers, you don't know how many people died in China. You don't know how many people died in Russia. You don't know how many people died in India. They don't exactly give you a straight count, just so you understand. But if you look at what we've done, I closed it, and you said he's xenophobic. He's a racist, and he's xenophobic, because you didn't think I should have closed our country. Wait a minute. Since two minutes. You didn't think we should have closed our country, because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months. By my doing it early, in fact, Dr. Fauci said... President Trump saved thousands of lives. Many of you, a Democrat governor, said President Trump did a phenomenal job. We worked with the governor. Oh, really? Go take a look. The governor said I did a phenomenal job. Most of them said that. In fact, people that would not be necessarily on my side said that. President Trump did a phenomenal job. We did. We got the gowns. We got the masks. We made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already. Fewer people are dying when they get sick. Far fewer people are dying. We've done a great job. The only thing I haven't done a good job, and that's because of the fake news. No matter what you say to them, they give you bad press on it. It's just fake news. They give you good press. They give me bad press because that's the way it is, unfortunately. But let me just tell you something. I don't care. I've gotten used to it. But I'll tell you, Joe, you could never have done the job that we did. You don't have it in your blood. You could have never done that job. I got to say that was a pretty good answer, too. You know, I wish for what uh, we'll never get from from Trump, um, which is some sort of mea culpa. Hey, look, nobody understood what this disease was like in January and February. And, um, mistakes were made. Did we handle it perfectly? No. And to the extent that I could have handled it better, you know, I want to learn from that. I want to grow from that. Obviously, somebody like Donald Trump is never going to say anything like that. But he did, you know, then you would pivot to. But here's what we did. And here's why we did it. Right. Closing of the borders and the ventilators and the PPE and, you know, working with the governors. And, you know, he had a quote from Fauci. That was great. He should have had a quote from Governor Newsom out in California because there were a few of those. I know for sure that was a Democratic governor that said that. I think even Cuomo back in March said some nice things about Trump before he tried to cover, had to start covering his tracks on uh, the nursing home deaths. So, you know, he should have had those ready to go, you know, quote them and let the fact checkers check them. Uh, But other than that, it was pretty good, pretty good thing. I think he could do better on, well, Joe, you can't handle it, you know, but um, all in all, pretty good answer. Know how to do the job. 
I know how to get the job done. Well, you done. didn't do very well in swine flu. <laughs> H1N1, you were a disaster. Your own chief 14, staff said 000, you were a disaster. 14,000 people died, not 200,000. There was a no very economic recession. You made a point, let him answer it. And there was no one, there's no, we didn't shut down the economy. This is his economy that's being, he shut down. The reason it's shut down is because, look, you folks at home, how many of you got up this morning and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID? How many of you were in a situation where you lost your mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding a... This empty chairs thing is pretty good, but uh, what was that transition? The reason that it shut down is, look, how many of you were out there with tables with nobody at them? Like, what was that? He couldn't respond. He pivoted. I get it, but uh, didn't make much sense to me. Going up, so you could, in fact, say goodbye. You would have lost far How more people. Far that more is, people. And you would have been. And by the way, late. your own his, 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 own, his own CDC director says we could lose as many as another two hundred thousand people between now and the end of the year. And he held up. He said, "If we just wear a mask, we can save half those numbers. Just, just a mask." And by the way, in terms of the the whole notion of a vaccine, we're for a vaccine, but we I don't trust him at all. Nor do you. I know you don't. What we trust is a scientist. You don't we trust, trust Dr. Johnson, Fauci. Johnson, Pfizer. We, 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 and okay, by know, the way, gentlemen, and gentlemen, that, let me. Let me move on to questions about the future, because you both have touched on one of the two of the questions I'm going to ask. Uh, to, focusing on the future first, President Trump, you have repeatedly either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the, the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused and mistaken. Those were your two words. Yeah. But Dr. Slowey, the head of your operation Warp Speed, has said exactly the same thing. Are they both wrong? Well, I've spoken to the companies and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing because people like this would rather make it political than save lives. God. It is a very political thing. I've spoken to Pfizer. I've spoken to all of the people that you have to speak to. We have great Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and others. They can go faster than that by a lot become very political because the left or I don't know if so, I call so you're left, I don't know what I call the head of your operation Warp Speed, Dr. Smiley. I disagree with him. Yeah. No, I disagree with both of them. And he didn't say that. He said it could be there, but it could also be much sooner. I had him in my office two he days talk, ago. He talked about the summer, sir, before it's generally available. Just like he Dr. said Dr. it's a possibility that we'll have the answer before November 1st. It could I'm, also I'm be after that. It's generally available. It, not well, we're going to deliver it right away. We have the military all set up logistically. They're all set up. We have our military that delivers soldiers, and they can do 200,000 a day. They're going to be this delivering. This is the same us. man it's who all told set you up. by Easter this would be gone away. By the warm weather, it'd be gone. Miraculous. Like a miracle. And by the way, maybe you could inject some bleach in your arm, and that would take care of it. This is the that same man. That was said sarcastically, that was, you know that. I, that I, was I, said sarcastically. And so here's the deal. This man is talking about a vaccine. Every serious, every serious company is talking about maybe having a vaccine done by the end of the year. But the distribution of that vaccine will not occur until sometime beginning or the middle of next year to get it out, if we get the vaccine. And pray God we will. Thank God we Mr. Vice President, I want to pick up the, on the that. I, I, I want to pick that. up on this question, though. You say the public can trust the scientists, but they can't trust President Trump. In fact, you said that again tonight. Your running mate, Senator Harris, goes further, saying the public health experts, quote, 
will be muzzled will be suppressed. Given the fact that polls already show that people are concerned about the vaccine and are reluctant to take it, are you and your running mate, Senator Harris, contributing to that fear? No more than the question you just asked him. You pointed out he puts pressure and disagrees with his own scientists. But you're saying Everybody you can't, knows. Or Senator they Harris is saying no. you can't trust the scientists. No. Well, no, no, you can't trust the scientists. He didn't, she didn't say that. You can't she, trust She this. said the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will yes. be suppressed. Well, that's what he's going to try to do. But there's millions of scientists. There's thousands of scientists out there, like here at this great hospital, that don't work for him. Their job doesn't depend on him. That's not, they're the people, they're, and by I the way. to the scientists that are in charge. By the way. They will have the vaccine very soon. Let him do you believe for a moment? What he's telling you, in light of all the lies he's told you about the whole issue relating to COVID, he still hasn't even acknowledged that he knew this was happening, knew how dangerous it was going to be back in February, and he didn't even tell you. He's on record as saying it. He panicked or he just looked at the stock market, one of the two, because guess what? A lot of people died, and a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. Mr. President? Did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't go to Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years, you've done nothing. Let's have this debate. And if you would have had, let me just tell you something, Joe. If you would have had the charge of what I was put through. I had to close the greatest economy in the history of our country. And by the way, now it's being built again. You see, and it's going up to the fast. economy in the next segment, sir. Okay. It's going up fast. Okay. Forward going to I, when it comes to how the virus has been handled so far, the two of you have taken very different approaches. And this is going to affect how the virus is handled going forward by whichever of you ends up becoming the next president. I want to quickly go through several of those. Reopenings. Vice President Biden, you have been much more reluctant than President Trump about reopening the economy and schools. Why, sir? Because he doesn't have a plan. If I were running, I'd know how, what the plan is. You've got to provide these businesses the ability to have the money to be able to reopen with the PPE as well. I just got to stop there and say the question that Biden is not answering is what is your plan for reopening and or locking down? And he pivoted right to Trump doesn't have a plan and we got to spend a bunch of money. Uh, the total spent so far on COVID is $5.2 trillion. That is more by a whole trillion point uh, and 200 billion than the entire federal budget in a given year. Uh, that includes $600 billion in administrative actions or things that uh, the administration has done. $2.3 trillion has been spent so far of the $4 trillion committed uh, by legislative action by the Congress. And in addition to that, the Federal Reserve has taken actions uh, that amount to $2.3 trillion. So this concept that we need to spend money, yada, 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 it's just ridiculous. We haven't even spent uh, all that we've already earmarked for this process. It is a huge, uh, it's a money grab. People are getting rich. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people getting rich 
and they are connected to their congressmen, to their senators, uh, to the Trump campaign, to the Biden campaign. Uh, they're just they're wiping us. They're wiping us out. There's a run on the bank, man, and it's got COVID on the name of it. And uh, man, that yeah, that we got to spend more money really boils my blood. Wait, let's listen to this this answer real quick again. His first sentence is, if I were running, I'd know what the plan is. I think he's running. Reopening the economy and schools. Why, sir? Because he doesn't have a plan. If I were running, I'd know what the plan is. You've got to provide these businesses the ability to have the money to be able to reopen with the PPE as well as with the sanitation they need. You have to provide them plastic. Tell that to Nancy Pelosi. Well, he's just shush for a minute. Tell it to Nancy Pelosi and and Schumer. By the way, Nancy Pelosi and Schumer, they have a plan. He won't even meet with them. The Republicans won't meet with the Senate. And he he sits sits at... That was a good response, man. They have a plan. Boom. Right at him. This golf course. And, well, I mean, uh, literally, okay. think about it. You probably uh, play more than it. I do, Joe. Uh, uh, what about this question <laughs> of reopenings and the fact... Well, that- he wants to shut down this country. Oh. And I want to keep it open. And we you did a great just thing by shutting it, it down. Shut it down. Wait a minute, Joe. Let, let me shut you down for a second, Joe. Just for one second. <laughs> we want to... He wants to shut down the country. We just went through it. We had to because we didn't know anything about the disease. Now we found that elderly people with heart problems and uh, diabetes and different problems are very, very vulnerable. We learned a lot. Young children aren't. Uh, even younger people aren't. We've learned a lot. But he wants to shut it down. More people will be hurt by continuing. If you look at Pennsylvania, if you look at certain states that have been shut down, they have Democrat governors all. One of the reasons they're shut down is because they want to keep it shut down until after the election. Yeah, so it really gets contentious at this point. This is when everybody starts talking over each other. Um, so I think we're going to end it there. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think I really delivered on uh, thought that I had before. <laughs> and I apologize to you, dear listener. Um, but I really want us to think about not just, you know, the immediate reaction to what happened last night, which again, I was really disappointed on how little substance there was, how little policy was discussed. It was mostly a bickering of two 70-some-odd-year-olds while being questioned and bickered at by a third 70-some-odd-year-old. Um, and uh, it really you know, made, made me sad, quite honestly. That this is the place we are. These are the people that we have up there. You know, I think for most people, they probably have already decided who they're going to vote for, so it doesn't make a big change. Uh, for me, I haven't decided. Uh, quite honestly, I'm not deciding between Biden and Trump, but between Trump and Joe Jorgensen, uh, who is the libertarian candidate, who has absolutely no chance of winning because of our two party rigged system that um, should probably be the topic of another podcast. I want to bring in the, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, the whoever party wants to wants to play within reason, right? You, I think you should be on the ballots and, and have some sort of polling, but um, they don't even poll for those people. Like, 
Do you even know if anybody's going to vote for Joe Jorgensen anywhere or the Green Party candidate? I don't even know who the Green Party candidate is. How bad is that? So it's just a sad day, I think, for America. Sad night last night, sad day today as we recover uh, from this hangover. I really hope they make some changes to these debates going forward. I hope that they start controlling the mics so you can't be heard until it's your time to speak. Um, I really want us to think about um, some of the things that came out uh, in that debate. Specifically, does Trump have a health care plan? What is the plan if he gets reelected uh, for, for health insurance? We should do another podcast on health insurance because I have some very, um, very refined opinions about it. And I don't think we ever talk about what's really important in that area. Uh, the short... Uh, sentence bulletin is uh, we talk about it and we call it health care. It's not health care. It's health insurance that we're talking about. It's who pays for it. That's the question that's being bandied about. Not do you get health care, but who pays for it? That's that's the question. That's the issue. Um, so I hope we start to think about these things um, in the context of this debate as we move forward. So you know, for Biden, I think he needs to stay on message with COVID-19. I think he definitely scored some points there uh, with the response. Uh, he needs to stay on Obamacare and health care, health insurance in general to, um, uh, you know, quite honestly, scare people into thinking that Trump is going to take away their health insurance from them. And, um, you know, I think those were the two winning messages that I heard from Biden. His drawbacks were... He wouldn't answer about packing the court, um, and he really didn't. Oh, there's a there's a point later that we didn't get to, but um, gosh, we're already 53 minutes in, and I'm not even halfway through the debate, so I'm not going to bore you with the rest of the arguing. But there was a point at which he seemed to be confused. He started arguing for the Green New Deal, and then uh, Wallace piped in and said, "Are you for the Green New Deal?" And he's like, "No, I'm for the Biden plan." Well, why were you just arguing for the Green New Deal? Like, I think that's. Uh, that's a big issue that uh, Trump could exploit. And he was trying to tie Biden to uh, Bernie Sanders and the Green New Deal and the manifesto and all those things. And I think that's the right tack for him and a weakness for Biden. He's got to get better at that. Uh, for Trump, again, if he wants to win this election, I, I really hope that he was throwing this one, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, it seemed to me, again, he was playing from behind. He felt like he was losing. I think maybe the strategy of interrupting so much was to try and confuse Biden um, into making a gaffe and make, you know, fulfilling the the promise of, you know, he's he's declining. He's in cognitive decline. Uh, didn't happen. So from that perspective, Trump lost. Um I think that, again, usually the incumbent does get killed if, if memory serves in the first debate. I think uh, Romney did did quite well in the first debate with Obama. I seem to remember George Bush sort of being lost in the first debate with John Kerry. So maybe that's like a strategy. I'll have to look into that. Like, if you're the incumbent, throw the first debate and build from there. You know, I sure hope that's true if Trump uh, thinks he's going to get reelected. Again, uh, I really hope the next debate is much better. I think um, we really deserve a uh, an hour and a half of discussing the issues and making it clear to the Amer American people why we should vote for them and what their plan is. 
And maybe I'm just crazy and naive to hope that might happen sometime. <laughs> I don't know. But that is the view from the country tonight. About 24 hours after the debate. We really appreciate you you listening. And uh, we'll try to do this again. Hopefully we'll have a better debate so we can spend uh, time talking about the answers and the policy. Again, my name is Justin Weller and this is The Country. We really appreciate you listening. You can find us on Facebook at The Country USA, on Twitter at The Country USA, and on the web at thecountry.news. Thanks so much. Watch it all come crashing down just enough.